The season is festive. I'm Dave. I'm Zach. And this is my Christmas year. That works. Hey everybody, I'm Dave Busing, founder and editor-in-chief of com. I am joined today by Zach Dean, my regular guest here on My Marvelous Year. This Boo. is going to be our final episode of 2019, and for this one, we are going to do a little Christmas spectacular, a little holiday spectacular. Um, happy holidays, everybody. First of all, we made it one full year into the My Marvelous yeah, Year crazy. journey. We are rapidly approaching the 1980s in 2020. We're going to be, again, this is the podcast where we read from Marvel's origins through to today, and we'll be tackling the decade of the 80s for the, the early parts of 2020. I'm excited about the comics we're going to be reading, but today... Me too. We are going to offer the, I think, probably the only podcast coming out this week that isn't talking about Star Wars Rise of Skywalker. And we're going to be talking about some 2019 favorites that Zach and I have, both comics and um, and otherwise related. Now, Zach, before we were hopping on the mic here, I was curious because you asked me if I was going to see Rise of Skywalker, and I said, of course. Yeah. And then yeah. I asked you your thoughts on The Last Jedi, which has become this weird, weirdly divisive Star Wars film. Tell yeah. me yeah, yeah. why you loved it. How, how, why did you love it so yeah, much? Yeah, yeah, I loved it. Uh, besides the fact that it was fun and exciting and cool <laughs> like, yeah yeah those all, all the fun star wars yeah yeah i mean like actions good locations were interesting fun aliens like striking imagery are there fun aliens uh, oh there's the fun little uh the casino is full of like some really amazing puppets yeah. and costumes yeah. there there's some really really good stuff there that i really like um I, it's also like the first star wars movie where i connected with themes like yeah. I've, I've never really been I, I don't dislike star wars but i've never been like a diehard star wars guy and it's like the first one where i was like oh this is interesting like it's talking about the past of the star wars movies right while also like pushing it forward the character dynamics like all really interesting to me like the stuff i love about it is what a lot of people hate you know like i love that luke skywalker starts out really flawed and they give him like oh you know he was the big hero at the end of the original trilogy but that doesn't mean that he's just a big hero for the rest of his life he went on to make mistakes yeah. and that's interesting and he has more story to tell and the arc it, that he has in that story is like incredible yeah. right like he kind of reinvents himself i don't know i i'm i'm just on board with a lot of what that movie is doing um and it, yeah it made me care about star wars moving forward and it actually like weirdly made me care about the old star wars movies more like oh. it made gave me a fondness like a nostalgia for the original trilogy that i never really had before that's interesting which is like i liked those movies okay i saw them like when they got re-released in theaters in like 97 98 as a kid right and i was like yeah that was fun i liked it i like darth vader but like i wasn't over the moon about them like a lot of kids but sure um i am going to see it tomorrow morning at 7 55 a.m <laughs> our our theater is doing real early shows okay. and i kind of want to see it with like a very uh, i feel like your uh your rowdy crowd is not going to be there at 7 that seems the like morning, the hopefully. the tired 
Yeah, that's definitely like the tired matinee where like the crowd, like no one's going to be kicking your seat because they're going to be half asleep. Mm -hmm. I feel like too, that's too early for kids to really be up and about. So you're not going to get the kid showing. Um, It it seems pretty likely. Okay, well, I'll be doing a, I think like a late Sunday night showing in Mm -hmm. uh, on vacation here where I'm going. So that'll be interesting. But uh, you did start this podcast saying we're the only podcast and not talking about Star Wars right now. And then immediately pushed us into a Star Wars. Yeah, it's pretty inescapable. No, I was just curious if you if you really like Last Jedi yeah. or not, if you fell on that. I Last Jedi is this movie that I love all the big picture ideas. I love a handful of sequences. I do not like the actual movie very much, or at least I didn't yeah. coming out yeah, of yeah. theaters. I was just kind of like, I was kind of not that impressed with the overall story of it. And I was really taken out of it by a handful of storytelling choices, particularly the very slow ships chasing each other in space. <laughs> Just like really, oh, see, that I really like, bugged me. I that's a Star see, I Trek that's thing like... that I, I might be fine with um, as they kind of yeah. wait it out and it builds tension and whatnot. But to me, it just felt like a really dumb plot device um, that I don't know. Hmm. I, I found it endlessly strange. So anyway, I haven't actually watched the thing since uh, it first came out. So I watched like the first, you know what? I haven't recently. either. I haven't seen it since the theaters yeah. initially. Like, it's just was like I almost kind of don't want to because it looms so big in my mind. If you liked it, I would say don't. I mean, I feel like it can only come down. But anyway, we're yeah, not going to be know. talking about. Yeah, you don't have that problem. I have that problem. <laughs> um, all right, we're not going to be talking yeah, about yeah, Star Wars anymore. Yeah, that seems like a thing with you. Is like I I usually grow to appreciate things more the more I revisit them. If like there's something I really love, yeah, like I kind of find new new avenues into it, right. Uh, rather than like more disappointment. Yeah. So th- this is actually a good excuse or a uh, a good uh, example of what this episode's going to be about, which is this is our Christmas week episode. Christmas listenership is probably going to be pretty down. Uh, it's it's like you know podcast listening is uh hap- drops precipitously over holidays and stuff like that. So we decided to put out kind of a weird free-for-all episode this is only going to be somewhat about comics just fair warning if you listen to our podcast and you're like man i love the comic talk but i could use a lot less dave and zach this <laughs> might not be the episode for you because i think this is just going to be the two of us kind of chatting about things we like and largely not comics yeah yeah so all right let's get into it our 2019 favorites edition i guess since because of that let's start with you wanted to do some favorite comics of the year i believe yeah i <laughs> like that that's the thing i had to convince yeah you yeah about well i just like... i've been making best of 2019 lists over on comic Book herald yeah. all year right and uh and they've been doing pretty well which is exciting um i've had a handful yeah. of creators yeah, yeah. sharing these things out and that's pretty fun uh but um why don't you then start and talk about your favorites of 2019 and I'll try and share some more off the beaten path picks because everybody can see all my picks already. That's true. Yeah. Um, Oh, and I should, uh, I should, what's the word? Uh, forewarn or now I should content warning. Jesus. You about to get, you about to get lewd. My, no, my brain is just absolute crumbling. Yeah. It's cause I'm, I'm drinking this fine Christmassy beverage right now. Yeah. You're uh, oh, Three teas, rum chata, and tonic. Oh my goodness, that would explain your mm. very pleasant festive mood. Yeah. Um, no, I should warn people. My uh, my top picks of the year. Lots of these didn't come out this year. They're just things that I found my way into enjoying this year. So that's how I'm not like limit myself. That's that, how cause... like movies would work for me. <laughs> I'm like, I didn't see a movie oh, this oh, year. My movies we'll are all there. this year. I saw I saw a lot of movies this year, but like, there's that stuff. All right, so let's start with comics. I want to start out talking about my favorite comics that we read in the My Marvelous Year Club. Okay, sure. 
Uh, and um, I think when we hit the end of 79 for our variant cover, we'll probably discuss like our favorites from the 70s, stuff like that. This is just comics that I now consider like some of my favorite comics, not like necessarily my favorite of what we've read, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. You know, like this isn't um, these are comics that I'm like, oh, well, I'll go back to these just for kicks now. And number one, right at the top, everything Jim Starlin. Like yep. that guy just impressed me. Like those comics are so interesting. I big part of it is that they come out of left field for me. Like I was not expecting it. I hadn't really read any of that cosmic stuff before. It feels so fresh and so unique to what the Marvel Universe is doing. Did you see Jim Starlin in the news very recently? Did you see this? Yeah, because of that stupid Trump that Trump meme of like Trump uh, snapping. You know, using like the as Thanos to... from from um, Infinity War or Endgame, but then they yeah. had like Jim Starlin on CNN, like, "Hey, creator of Thanos, how do you feel about this? What a wild, <laughs> he's, he's real and, pumped out about and it, just yeah. like preposterous turn <laughs> for the My Marvelous Year Club, where this creator that we love from <laughs> comics in the seventies is uh, today on CNN talking about the President of the United States um, using his 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 creation, Thanos. He's gonna go on like Fox end. News Crossfire." With uh, Jim Steranko on the other panel. I mean, it's uh, that bl- that blew my mind absolutely. Yeah. Um, but I would yeah, agree, yeah. Starlin's the best stuff we read this year. What it? Well, there's some competition. And, and there's competition. Black Panther is like right yeah. behind it. M- McGregor's Black Panther is just behind it. But like, if I'm being honest, like if I had to, to choose between those two of them, if I had to pick only one, I think I would pick the Star. And the weird thing about Starlin is like, I couldn't tell you what series they were. Like, I mean, there's Warlock and there's Captain Marvel. Like the actual titles like, of the comics. Because he's so weirdly scattered through Marvel Comics. So it makes me happy that, like, Marvel Unlimited, I can just pick his name and read what he did. But, yeah, just the stuff stuff he was doing. Um, And then Black Panther, of course. Like, again, I think part of the appeal is that it's just doing something so outside the realm of your, like, standard superhero comic. Mm -hmm. Right? Like, it doesn't feel like house style for Marvel, but it's still working in that superhero realm. Really enjoyed that. Um, How about you go? You, You let us know. Yeah, those are definitely the top like? two for me as well. I think then we get into and people and people say we we huh? clash or we people say we disagree a lot or we have well uh, we definitely do I think uh, here and there. But I think as far as like our favorites for the I year think ago, you and I actually like or for the line decade, up like eighty five to ninety percent. Uh, oh no, I think I it's think much I, lower I, than that. No, I think we disagree no about about ninety eight percent of things That's, in the world. See, don't know. You're just you're we're just like we're like a classic like... Stephen A. Smith and uh, Skip Bayless combo. You know, just like come like our hot takes yeah. are just always on opposite ends of the spectrum. And boy, Bas- are they hot! Basketball stars, right? <laughs> Basketball scholars. Yep, you got it. And uh, uh, I we do come down on a lot of the same favorites. I think that it'll be mm-hmm. interesting as we progress. I, honestly, though, I think as we progress into the 80s, I don't expect that to change much um, I because I think like, the stuff is, that's really great, we both like, kind of gravitate towards. But then the stuff that's more yeah, like on yeah. the fence, you know, I think we tend to differ a lot more. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. Like, I, it's usually like you're saying like this is an A minus and I'm saying eh, I think it's a B minus. Like very rarely is it like I love this and I'm like, I think it's garbage or vice versa. Like that doesn't happen that often. Uh I'm trying to think of like any examples of that. Like, I mean, we have a year's worth of episodes now, up over fifty. I think the listeners can yeah. can find them for themselves. Certainly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, um, so uh, what else, what other comics this year did you read that you loved? Well, uh, you know, I've said this a bunch, but like, if we're just talking in terms of kind of a '70s recap, it's a oh, it's no, a I'm strange experience for me. General. Comics. Um, 
because I've read all these before and it's yeah, not sure. it's not super exhilarating to read them again a lot of times you know I like talking about yeah. the impact yeah. they've had on Marvel and I like sort of acknowledging their place in history and frankly I like like helping and and seeing other people find them for the first time is a lot of fun yeah. um, because it's, yeah, yeah. it's a really fun journey to like explore the Marvel Universe and get up to speed with what it's been and where it's going. I think the comics that surprised me this year more than anything would have been Demon in a Bottle. You know, I think I was pretty clearly like I did. I did not remember that being as good as it is. Uh, so I really yeah. enjoy that Iron Man story arc more than I expected to. And uh, going back to the Uncanny X-Men is has always been a lot of fun. I read that the Claremont mm-hmm. run you know, when he writes from here to eternity in its entirety the first time I did my Marvelous Year, and that was in 2016. So it's my second time going back, and I wound up doing a lot of that for uh, material I was doing on Comic Carol, talking about current 2019 X-Men comics. Like, there's just a lot of stuff you can pull from and kind of look through the modern lens and see, like, how does this Claremont run work? Uh, So those issues continue to be very... They're obviously very good, but they're also extremely fun to now sort of re-examine. Uh, with the state of where the X-Men are at in contemporary comics. Yeah, I guess I, I don't really have as much context, except that I am reading Hox Pox, House of X, Power of X, and now Into Dawn of X, the, the X-Men line. Uh-huh. So I have some of that, but like to me, the connection feels pretty tenuous. Um, like There might be little winks here and there, but I don't, I don't particularly see anything we're reading as like, strongly informing house of x power of x except in as much as like it's the same characters in the same setting well i think you know, the, the big thing without spoiling house of x and powers of 10 because yeah, most yeah, of, of you will not have read it um or if you have that's that's great but the big thing is looking at what the 2019 series is doing in terms of the story it's trying to tell about x-men and looking back at 70s comics and saying does that work does that work with all these characters here, like Professor X? Like, does the way he's acting here make sense, knowing what we know now in 2019? That piece of it is very interesting to me. A lot that, of it is oh, like sure. you have to yeah, you have yeah, to meet them 75% of the way because they want to get yes. somewhere today, and the story was told yes. without that in mind. But it's fun. To me, that's like, that's like the creative reading, you know? It's like you're doing your own storytelling, to to sort of add these things together you know you're no prizing it i guess is what it is but you're no prizing it on the scale and scope of all of x-men continuity which is something that obviously i'm into (laughs) like that is what comic book herald guides are about we can extend this conversation outside of just hawks and x-men with that's kind of the bargain you have to take when you are reading a comic series where characters exist for 60 years right like you just need to kind of accept that like there's going to be contradictions and there will be dissonance and there will be you know plots that don't add up with things that have come before um and i think it's a little bit about how well the the new stories like thread that needle like how how much they convince you right and how much right. they pull you along for the right. ride cuz there's a, then, there's a I mean, danger was... in just accepting that there's a danger in just being like well it's not going to add up because it is sort of the duty or the responsibility of the creative team to to tell a story that makes it convincing, right? Like, I think the best example right now is Immortal Hulk, where Al Ewing takes great care to look at, like, Hulk continuity and Hulk history, recent and and long-term, and just kind of get a feel for, like, does this work? And here's how I can explain it. And because he does that, it's one of the many, many reasons that that series is, like, out of this world good. God, I need to get back into that. I read the first like eight or nine issues. Oh, of that you have a year so ago. much good stuff coming. I honestly, yeah, it's I love it, it was but... so hard 
every time a new issue came out, like from September onward, I was like, I can't, I can't put House of X above this on my best Marvel list um, for the year. Like every single new issue, I was like, I have to put Immortal Hulk first. So ultimately, I caved and I just did one A and one B. Like I couldn't, I could yeah, not decide yeah, Immortal Hulk's that good. Yeah, it really is. Um, yeah, I'm excited to get more into it. Actually, I just realized well, there's a ton of Immortal Hulk on Marvel Unlimited now for me to catch up with. Um, but also, Hawksbox is about to come on, start being on Marvel Unlimited, sure. which will be fun. I think there'll be a whole new round of people who have access to it. I think in about a month, maybe late January, early February, it's going to start rolling out. Yeah. So that'll be cool to see. Yeah. And then also, the Dawn of X series that I've dropped, I will start reading when they hit Marvel Unlimited, but like Excalibur, X-Force, New Mutants, all those I've dropped. Um and I'll, I'll pick up those on Marvel Unlimited. How quickly did you drop um, X-Force? I gave everything two issues. Two. So I, X-Force, Excalibur, New Mutants, and Fallen Angels. I each gave two issues and then dropped them. Yeah, because X-Force has actually yeah. been, has become the kind of the most important X-Men book, weirdly. Yeah. yeah which yeah. I didn't expect. It, that doesn't, that doesn't yeah. necessarily mean it's great. I'm, I enjoy it fine, yeah. but like it's definitely like the most middle of the pack. Like here's what an X-Men yeah. story is. Sure, yeah. Yeah, I, you know what? Honestly, I didn't dislike any of them. Like, none of them felt like slogs to read oh. to me. Just, <laughs> Fallen like, Angels. I like. I think Fallen Angels, Angels is one I, of the actually, worst comics of the year. See, that's and frankly, so beyond. You know that. And I, I you know, know I'm. I that, know there are I, people I who disagree, and I know you're one of them. You know, I mean, I dropped it. I didn't love it, but like, I like the first issue a lot. I think a part of that comes from again. I, I don't think talking about the specifics here is that interesting, but like, this brings up. I know part of your dislike and a lot of people's dislike is that it feels regressive for some of the characters. It takes characters back to it, you know. That's part of it. Where they were. Part of it. In their development a few years ago. And like. You know what that is though, Zach? It's It's not just, it's not just like, hey, they're poking at something I love. You know, they're poking at a sacred cow. It feels lazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It feels real lazy. It's like, you're not even trying to acknowledge what we've been enjoying in comics for the last three years, you know? Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I don't think that's like a bad critique. It's just interesting that like I can read it without that perspective whatsoever right because I have not read these characters before and to me it's like wow this is an engaging story for that character yeah. like yeah. the things you were complaining about I was like wow this really works that's the part that I loved like that you know the stuff going on with Laura and uh what's her name Psylocke I mean the Psylocke thing was confusing because I was like but she's an Excalibur she acts really differently in Excalibur <laughs> <laughs> Betty Braddock or whatever anyway Anyway, let's not get too bogged down in this. I want to talk about other comics I liked this year. That came out in 2019 because I did read a fair amount of 2019 comics. Um, Probably, let's see, what's top of the list? Um, I didn't order these in any way. I, I guess the, the three comics from this year that I really liked that are not superhero because uh, the only really superhero thing that I read was Hawksbox uh-huh. and X-Men. Uh, Marauders would be my top superhero thing. Yeah. I really like Marauders. Yeah, Marauders is fun. Um, but outside of that, uh, Die by Kieran, Kieran Gillen, Kieran Gillian. <laughs> yeah. The first time Kieran Gillen. Yeah. Um, I wasn't sure if it was Gillen or Gillian, which is like this really fun little modern twist on like D and D role-playing fantasy stuff. Um, did you like that comic? I did not fall in love with Die. I do like yeah. it. I, I think it's very good. Yeah, and I'm yeah. actually very interested. I've got the second arc. Um, I've got all those images queued up on my tablet for vacation, so mm-hmm. I'm I'm hopeful to catch up. I've only read the first five, I think. Yeah, I was just taken by like the world building and like the creativity of kind of taking like well worn D and D tropes and then just doing really fun stuff with it while mixing like these interesting character dynamics. Yeah. You know, like they're they're players of this D and D game sucked into a D and D world, yeah. and they like kind of understand it's a game. 
but then she's also playing she is kieran gillen a man a man or a he's, woman? he's a man he's a man okay um, now he's doing like interesting man. stuff with a man 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 you know that one <laughs> yeah what is that That's from uh, uh it's from the south park show, guys did uh oh uh, it's like one of the first things they did orgasmo i think oh, okay yep. yeah 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 man, that sounds familiar man, but I, get, I think i know it out of context <laughs> They, he's doing like fun stuff with literary tropes and mixing them into like the influences that the game master would have created this world with are also being like folded in. So you get a lot of like J.R.R. Token and like some really fun stuff with the history of J.R.R. Token mixed in with Lord of the Rings stuff. Anyway, I really like it. I love the the art. And if you like D&D, I think anyone who's interested in D&D should check it out. Yeah. Because there's there's just like a lot of fun stuff there for tabletop. Yeah, Sarah Hans on the art there, I believe is her name. Yes, yes, um, thank you. Really good, good stuff. You know, we actually, yeah, it's funny you bring up Die because we actually just had, so we had Die on our best of 2019 list on CBH. Yeah. And um, John, yeah. writer who does amazing work for us, wrote the, wrote the little synopsis for it. Mm-hmm. And um, Karen Gillan actually reached out after that article got shared again, sort of towards the end of the year. Oh, yeah. And he had a question about like something John had written. So I'm, I, it, I'm in my mind, I'm kind of like, there's two ways this can go. Like either one, he's genuinely curious how John came to that approach or two, he's just kind of like, eh, I feel like he got this wrong and I kind of take issue with it, you know? Um, yeah. So I emailed back and was like, Hey, I'll let John explain. Cause I know he'll do a better job than I can. Um, you know, fan of your work, et cetera. And then John replied with like, basically with like an article, like I found that I, I really love the writing John does for, for Convo Herald. And when I ask him mm-hmm. questions, sometimes I'm expecting like two to three paragraphs and he'll reply with like yeah. a 1000 world article. Like that's just how he okay. thinks. Um, <laughs> so he kind of does this with the response and it's amazing. And I'm like, well, this is astonishing. We'll see what, you know, what, how interested Kieran actually was. Um, and he replied with like very earnest, genuine curiosity and like, and like engaging with criticism. So it was um it was a, a cool experience and Karen Gillan not only a good writer but seemingly a a good um uh I don't know like listener of criticism and and very earnest in terms of like I want to build the best thing in the best world so it's interesting to me yeah, the things yeah, that yeah. catch people um and make and no, take them out it of wasn't it, you know yeah that's pretty cool and not you know turning it into some kind of like ego thing of like um excuse me let me defend my choices here no it wasn't that at all so that was yeah. that was yeah, cool that's to very see. cool I. You know what? I actually forgot because I read it in like one day and I really liked it. But uh, he also wrote a little five issue miniseries today or today this year called Peter Cannon Thunderbolt. That's one of my favorites this year. Which, yeah, I really liked that, too. He's playing like it's a little five issue thing with a, a character that's some old like kind of what dead Charlton Comics character. Right? And the basis like, for Ozymandias of the Watchmen universe. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So like. And it's just really fun. Like, if you have read any amount of, like, these old Silver Age comics, he's doing a lot of interesting stuff with playing... I don't know. I mean, it's it's like a meta-commentary on the superhero comic period, right? Like, and the entire history of superhero comics, including, like, the actual format of them. Yeah. Uh, I would say definitely a weird one to read if you have not read Watchmen. Uh, I don't think it'll work as well. Um, But certainly if you've engaged with that and sort of the the comics industry and its response to that book. Well, you know, what's interesting is because like, I, I think I got three issues into it before I realized what he was doing. Cause I was reading it just as like a straight superhero <laughs> comic at <laughs> first. And do. then all of a sudden I was like, Oh my God. Oh my God. Like this is, Oh wow. I just figured out what's happening here. And there's a lot going on here. And he is like really getting at some interesting, like, I mean, I think you could read it as a straight superhero comic, but there's also a lot of really interesting stuff about the, you know, 
the 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 structure of superhero comics and the like the the meta text of comic criticism and the way that they they uh i don't know have have evolved over the years sure absolutely all right cool so those are your those are your two picks i think we should do a two of everything otherwise we're gonna be stuck no i have i have a lot more comics well of course i've got two of everything else i have comics hundreds of hundreds of comics we could talk about i think we got to do like a top two or three let me go through we're never gonna get to any other categories uh the sabrina graphic novel by nick uh nick dranasso was very good reminded me that comic books can be like actual literature Mm -hmm. sometimes Mm -hmm. um Really enjoyed that. Snap Flash Hustle was a fun little four-issue series um, by Black Mask that I really liked by Pat Shand, which is very nice dealing with stuff that you don't see in comics. I really appreciate that. It was like about a like an Instagram model getting wrapped up in the drug business, um, and it just dealt very matter-of-factly with like sex trade and poly relationships and all kinds of like things that exist in the real world that comic books don't often touch on um without like being big and uh overblown uh outer darkness was a very fun sci-fi fantasy comic i loved and then uh dave bought me and this is came out in 2017 so it is not a new comic but i need to plug it everywhere because i think it's like an just an incredible comic that should be like a worldwide smash and it's not it's a crime that it's not which is four kids walk into a bank by Matthew Rosenberg, another Black Mask published comic. And, like, it is the comic that, like, if you have read a comic and you are like, yeah, I like comics, everyone should get this comic and read it. Like, I don't know anyone who likes the format of comic books who wouldn't like this book. It is just so, like, universally appealing. Right. So much fun. Uh, Yeah, I, I, I try to, like, proselytize for this book all the time because it's just incredible. It's just... um. What is it? It reminds like a Wes Anderson movie wrapped up with like a Coen Brothers movie. Like, yeah, tons of fun. Um, those are my comics. Alrighty. For the year. Alrighty. Oh, wait. Wonder Woman by George Perez. We just reread that. That's really yeah, good. Yeah, a 2019 Sandman. classic is uh, is good old Sandman by Neil Gaiman. Post-Crisis um, uh, on um, Infinite Earths Wonder Woman. Um, I'm finishing up. Yeah, I mean, God, it's, it's an incredible series. I just want to do my DC year so I can gush about the George Perez Wonder Woman. That series is incredible. But also I'm reading Sandman. By Neil Gaiman. Have you heard about this one? I I hear it was an interesting new launch this year by, yeah. by Gaiman yeah, and yeah. Friends. Oh, I haven't read the new stuff. I'm excited to... I've never finished Sandman, and I'm close to it now. Um, well, yeah, but we talked man, about this on comic, the pod. You, you famously know, read only the first half and then stop, but you never start with the second half, which true. is baffling that's to me. Well, I always want to like read the whole thing again, and then I peter off. But it's... God, it's amazing how like much that comic just continues to be an all-time great like it just I, I always worry with stuff like that that it would fade a little bit when you return to it, it no it's it is structurally right. sound That's, yeah all right let's jump into something else everything else i've got a much more contained list good so this is a comics podcast dave just so you know thanks for the update he's so annoyed with me right now yeah should see his face <laughs> okay let's right, talk do do next? uh tv first my favorite tv shows of the year my top two mm. number one Please. Watchmen. Number two, Doom Patrol. And honestly... Oh my god, you're such a nerd. Closer than you'd think. Like, I actually watched... So, with t- when it comes to TV, I do watch things that aren't comics related. <laughs> like, yeah, that does like happen. It. My number three is Glow, for the record. My number four is Russian Doll. And, uh... Both of those are based off manga. Russian... Uh, Glow is based off manga? It's based off Glow. Yeah. Pretty sure. Alright. Yeah. 
nerd. Um, you didn't fall for it. Anyway, <laughs> Watchmen was astonishing in every way. I didn't think it quite stuck the landing necessarily, whatever that would even mean, and I don't care. It's still the best thing that was on TV in a, a really long time. It was a completely fascinating nine episodes. I dug it. I was consumed by it. I highly recommend everybody check that out. I'm, I'm only about I'm only about halfway through it, and it's it, it, it's so riveting and it's so fascinating. Mm-hmm. And like every aspect, it's a really interesting show because it's like every aspect of it is totally engrossing. Yeah, like the acting, the the actual plot the like the scenario and the scenes that are playing out the visuals everything just like is just so grabbing my attention but then when it finishes i will be like so what is this actually about and i'm like ah, i'm not sure yet I'm, I'm over halfway through the season or the series because it might be over mm-hmm. and it's it's got this weird thing where i'm like i don't really know what this is about quite yet like it, it, it kind of has this uh but it has so many moving pieces, so I am interested to see how it all comes together. Yeah, but yes, and yeah. I, I think I mean, come it, together even... it does, which is yeah, um, cool. honestly, I, I kind of Lin, Damon Lindelof, writer who you know, for, or the lead writer, showrunner, I guess you call him. Um, obviously, yeah. there's a writer's room that deserves, deserves a lot of credit on this too. Uh, famously, like leaves things left hanging and leaves mystery, and I actually kind of no. like some of that. What are you talking about? And uh, Watchmen really. It kind of makes it takes a lot of care to be like, here's how everything works. Um, no, really, what do you mean? I think he doesn't really have that reputation, does he? Like in Lost, I mean, I guess Lost, right? Is, but, but is the big one. Is, I don't know. Yeah, I, Leftovers isn't like that at all. Leftovers is a very like nice, neat package. I guess, I guess things kind of get answered. Um, but I, I guess the yeah. reputation is more instead like mysteries that are thrown out there, and then the sense of not having a plan to resolve them. Is what Lost yeah, got, yeah, yeah. The, right? Like you tossed yeah, the mystery yeah, out, true. and that was compelling. Well, I mean, the, but it didn't I, feel like there. I, I kind of feel a like plan. I can pin that one on J.J. Abrams. That feels like more like a J.J. Abrams like trademark to me, it, which he has proven over and over again with other properties, yeah. such as Star Wars. Yeah, maybe so. <laughs> Either way, Watchmen does yeah. not have that problem. Um, it does cool, kind of cool. pain me to uh to put Doom Patrol below anything because that series is like it's the funniest show I watched all year. Um, it's also just like both these shows are are kind of gauntlets thrown down like superhero comics tv can be so much better it can be so much better than what it has been uh and i love that and it'll take a lot of time i think for shows to like actually measure up to these in any meaningful way well the thing is like that kind of stinks is like i mean doom patrol i I guess i got another season so that's encouraging yeah right uh like but like watchman is doing okay it's not a huge hit though which is a bit of a bummer i don't know if that's Um, really even true um I, I, I don't know really how people gauge that, frankly. Like, it's clearly what everyone was talking about for, yeah, no, for that, nine that, weeks, like, which is became, all it aired. Yeah. No, no, it definitely became, like, the water cooler show, but I don't think it became, like, a huge viewer hit. But, I mean, HBO is also happy just to be, like, on everyone's tongues. I think the idea of it becoming thing. instantly, like, Game of Thrones season three is so sure. bewildering to me. <laughs> like, yeah. Game of Thrones. Well, you did know, Game of Thrones I launch mean, as, like, a smash hit. No, Game of Thrones. You know, like no, it, it takes time and critical really like consensus yeah. and word of mouth. Like I don't understand why anyone would have that expectation of a property like this. It's not yeah. super yeah. like well, new, new viewer friendly necessarily either. No, that's the thing though that is very strange about it is like I hear people being like, "Yeah, I was gonna watch it," and like, "Like, have you read the comic?" They're like, "No," and I'm like, "I don't know what that experience would be like." I'm curious. Like, I'm really curious. Strongly. Like, he, there's a lot of episodes where, like, the main thrust of some of these character dynamics are based on you knowing who they are already. Yeah, right. Like, I, um, I thought having reread it recently I, before I watched it yeah. made me enjoy it a lot more. 
I sure. don't know that it's a requirement, but my experience was certainly uh, that I had to do that to enjoy it, actually, which is yeah. which is actually yeah, a testament yeah. to the show because, like, I did that with Umbrella Academy. Speaking of mm-hmm. 2019 shows, trying to, like, kind of reinvent what comic book TV can be. And uh, that yeah. actually hurt the TV series for me because then I was like, this is just an adaptation of the thing I just read. Mm-hmm. I don't want to, mm-hmm. I don't need to watch this. It's a not as good version of what I just read. Um, so that yeah. actually hurt in that case. Doom Patrol, I, I got to catch up with. Like, your praise for it just makes me so interested. Because um, you know what? Like, people who have seen it like it, but I don't think it's it's that watched, which is kind of... Oh, I mean, that makes tons of sense. Like, first off, that's Doom Patrol's lot in life. Like, there's never going to be a moment where Doom Patrol's, like, the biggest hit on They have their Guardians of the Galaxy moment. No, like, that's just... There's just no way. They're too weird, and that's why I love them. Well, I mean, part part of that has to be that they're on DC Universe, you know? Like, that's just got to be so limited. The... what is, I, I what is the, the majority potential for a DC like, Universe show to be a hit? You know what I mean? What does that even mean? I mean, because the, the majority of people that I speak to about it would be like, oh, it's DC Universe, you know? And that <laughs> right there is the like the, the, the barrier to entry yeah. that that show has to hurdle. But it's still, I mean, yeah. I mean, they're making interesting choices on DC Universe. Swamp Thing is a weird, weird show. It's not a good show. Swamp Thing sucks. But like, it's weird. Yeah, something hard. I mean, I, we <laughs> we we stopped after. I didn't even think I got as far into the show to see Swamp Thing before. I was just like, "This is this is dire." Swamp Thing's probably my least favorite show of 2019. Yeah. Although I will yeah, I mean, credit I DC finish. Universe did with saying, "Did you finish the season?" Yeah, I did. I made myself because I was oh writing about God. it. <laughs> I couldn't finish an episode. That's why I dislike it so much because I actually finished it. Yeah. Um, you know sure. the new Harley Quinn animated, very fun. I did not. I am not you know, the target really? audience for that. that. I didn't expect that trailer to enjoy it, and it's very made fun. me like, yeah, that trailer made me cringe because it was just like, this is a kids show, but we say the f word within the first probably this two one. minutes. They they use yeah. all of the expletives as fast and furious uh-huh. as it, it can, and I'm like, wow, they're leaning into this way too hard and thinking like that swearing and violence are going to make this fun and zany. Um, but then it settles down and actually becomes a, a show that I'm like. I'm eager to see each new episode as it comes out, um, hmm, which I can only say this okay. year about Watchmen, Mandalorian, about Doom Patrol, and Harley Quinn. Oh, yeah. I'm watching The Mandalorian, too. I like it. I'm not over the moon about it. It's not one of my favorites, but like I'm enjoying it more than I thought it I'm was. over Endor's moon about it. It's uh, really fun. It's good. I, no, I think it's super impressive for what it is. I, I love the uh, the like the very slow... Uh, the slow pace and the like very low stakes of it. Yeah. Like a lot of people are like, yeah, there's no point to it. It's boring. And I'm like, no, that's kind of what I like. I like that it's just Such confident a enough argument. to be like, like yeah, you can we're, tell we're... television stories that aren't all building to a larger uh, Thanos is coming narrative. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah, exactly. That's what I, that's what I kind of love about it. And it, <laughs> the thing I like most about it is that it's giving me like a lot of hope for the MCU shows that like they will be done competently and confidently and oh i don't think really nice i don't think the two are in any way um connected you know in terms of like my my please belief just, in those. just let me have this little little ray of hope okay? <laughs> i have i have t- i have plenty of rays of hope but that's because kevin feige is leading the show and he hasn't made a mistake yeah, in a true. decade yeah well he did uh <laughs> have you ever heard him talk about like yeah i don't have any uh regrets about the mcu Except for Chris Hemsworth's beard in Thor One, <laughs> what's wrong with Chris like, Hemsworth's beard? Does it look weird in the first me? movie? He they like bleach blonde his beard and his eyebrows in the first Thor movie, and he looks like a weird alien cat. Like that's in the entire. F- I mean, I, I don't think I've watched that movie since it came out. So oh, you should you should just go watch a clip of it now because like he looks like not human huh. at all. It's really upsetting. It's hard to look at, hard? especially Chris once you, being hard I mean, to look this at. Was, 
Who knew? Yeah. Okay. Uh, TV for the year. Let's see. My favorite show that I've watched this year is probably, it's just a, uh, a little anime from 1994 called Yu Yu Hakusho. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's a, a, a battle anime, kind of a shonen uh, battle anime about a sweet young boy called Yusuke Yurameshi and his, uh, I don't know, his road to become a really good spirit detective with his friends. Okay. Good pick. His friends uh, Keiko and Kurama and Kuwabara and a lot of other K names. Uh, um, any shows that show? actually came out this year oh, that you're yeah, enjoying? Sure. Though genuinely, a very good. Oh my gosh, like, Thor looks so level. weird. I know, right? It's weird. It's hard to look at. Um, that that is genuinely, if you're interested in anime, that is an all-time classic show. That is very easy for like non-anime people to like get into. Um, really good. From this year, uh, probably the two shows that I liked the most that I saw this year, uh, Barry Season 2 okay. was excellent. Yeah. Um, I don't really even like, what's his name? Um, Bill, Good, no. Oh, God, the Fonz. What's his name? You're often ranting I'm about the, the Fonz on here. Henry, no, Henry Winkler. You're like, listen, no, he's great. I don't like Roy Thomas. I don't like Chris Claremont. Bill Hader. And I do not like the Fonz. No, I like Henry Winkler a lot. Henry Winkler is incredible in Barry. Uh, Barry's this really funny, dark comedy about a hitman who tries to become an actor in L.A. And it's like equal parts this like violent, brutal show about a guy trying to become a or get out of the life of being a hitman mixed with the like horrifying egos that go into uh, like aspiring actors in L.A. It is very funny and really smart and really sharp. And I love that. And uh, Succession. It's another show I got into this year. I do want to I do want to check that out. I have not actually watched it. It's just full of terrible people being really funny. Um, just like the worst human beings that actually exist in real life. Yeah. That are somehow just so watchable in the show. Uh, and it's yeah, it's very entertaining. Uh, let's jump into movies. And y'all know what I'm going to say. Number one movie of the year, Alita Battle Angel. Sweet angel, she fell from the heavens into all of our hearts. <laughs> You've been hyping that movie up a lot. Did you watch this movie yet? No, I've never seen it, and I probably never God, will because it. of how much you hyped it up. such a jerk. <laughs> it's a good movie. I, I mean, I, no, I just, it, it, I, I it's know. not an I incredible... Time. It's it, yeah, It's not, honestly, it's not an incredible movie. It is just <laughs> a very fun movie. Like... I feel like I, I don't know that many movies of, like this where I'm just like, I am just enjoying this on a purely visceral thrill ride level sure. that it's just like a huge budget movie that is just a visual spectacle and it's really enjoyable. Um, but more seriously, probably my two favorites this year are Parasite, a Korean movie by Bong Joon-ho. Heard good things about um, that one. Now, is it scary, yeah. Zach? That's my criteria. No. It's not scary? No, it's not. No, it's, Will it's I like be able a to sleep fam- when it's done? Yeah, probably. Probably. I mean, Ooh, maybe it's probably. got some, it's got some violence. You know, I don't it, like scary movies. But it's movies. mostly like a family, family drama about like, it kind of, it kind of a bunch of different things. If you've seen movies by him before, like Okja or Snowpiercer, um, he kind of mixes genres a little bit, but it is kind of a, it's a little bit of a comedy. It's a lot, a little bit of a drama. It's kind of a heist movie. Um, Interesting. Or a con movie, I guess I'd say. Uh, strongly about like class divisions. It's got good class politics. Here, let me. And, have you seen um, Bird Box? Yeah. I have not. No, no darn. Rose, I know that's uh, got a lead of Battle Angel. In that's it. my re- that's my recent movies I've watched for horror movies. I can stomach and be fine with. Oh, that's 
the one of the girls in that is Alita Battle Angel. So you're one step closer to seeing <laughs> one step at a time. Or something. I don't know. Tell you what, if Alita Battle Angel uh, comes oh, out on of... any of the streaming services, I will watch it. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's not yet. Oh, you know what? It's Fox, though. So maybe it'll show up on Disney if Disney puts their Fox movies up on there. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do with their whole Fox catalog. Uh, the, Speaking of scary movies, my other favorite movie this year, Midsommar, which is Midsummer, Midsommar. I don't know. I feel pretentious saying Midsommar, but a very spooky, It does just sound like you're saying summer wrong. Yeah. Bright. I mean, it's spelled like the, the Swedish, Danish way of saying it. Somar. Anyway, is that how they say summer? It's. I don't know. It's how they spell it. Are you Danish? Have you ever had yes. a Danish? No. Okay. <laughs> uh, it's a really spooky movie that is completely brightly lit, which is kind of remarkable. It all happens like um, in, I don't remember what country it is. It might be Sweden during like the summer where the sun never sets. So it is always bright daylight during this movie. Um, it is remarkable in a lot of ways. And if you are interested in horror movies, I highly recommend it. Okay. My movies of the year are pretty uh, limited to the fact that I did not see a single non-comic book movie in theaters this year. I did not at all see anything that was not expensible for Comic Book Herald. So my favorites are frankly boring. Uh, Avengers Endgame. Number one. Oh, I mean, I, you know what? I should mention Endgame. Like, I didn't want to do it because I don't want to be like, you know, a nerd. Yeah, Alita, Alita, Battle Angel, Battle Angel was so, uh, so hip, and so cool. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Um, yes, no, Endgame, Endgame is definitely up there for me as well. Yeah. Uh, so that's my number one. Frankly, everything else does not compare. True enough. All right, um, music. My music, top. Yeah. I've got songs and albums. Are you able to do it that way? No, I just got three albums. All right, let's just do albums then. My number three album. We'll count them down. Number three, Watchmen Volume One by Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross. The soundtrack yeah, that's to a Watchmen. Good soundtrack. It is fantastic. None with a mother effing gun has been on my uh, repeat favorites of the year for a good long while. Now, Volume 2 is actually not as compelling. Volume 2 also released, which I realized recently, and it is not yeah. as good. Uh, the, it's more oh, just like yeah. kind of tension building, you know, and it's yeah, more sure. ominous, whereas right, Volume right. 1 has like like pop All hits kind of right. and it yeah. got me to go back to listen to Reznor's uh, Nine Inch Nails work um oh shoot I can't think of the album now but it's 2007 released Year Zero and man I love that album when it came out I love it even more now and like you can hear the foundations of the work he's doing on this Watchmen soundtrack in that album as well so that's my number three oh, pick cool. what did you want to say about it oh just like I love Trent Reznor's recent um recent work just doing soundtracks because i love his sound and his work as like a musician and a you know production yeah like as a musician and a production as a producer um is so good i just like can't get behind his lyrics or his singing at all so like every time i listen to nine inch nails i'm like oh hell yeah this sounds awesome and then he starts singing like why do you get all the love in the world I'm like <laughs> that was a I'm great like, resner oh, you just did damn it um i like his singing fine i i, I may medium to like fair nine inch nails fan i definitely like year yeah, zero more right. than i like say pretty hate machine um quite by a large large margin uh lyrically Have you heard his know. his cover or their cover his atticus finch's attic wait it's not atticus yeah finch, no atticus finch you got it he's he's a big yep, uh, a... music composer <laughs> yep 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 uh him and atticus ross uh have you heard their cover of um is it immigrant song for the girl with the dragon tattoo? No, soundtrack? that sounds intriguing. Oh, incredible! And he does a. They also do "Hail to the Mountain King" for the Social Network. 
Like all of his soundtracks for David Finch. I dig the the Fincher? Social Network soundtrack as well. Yeah. Right. No, their soundtrack work has become a, yeah. a favorite, like trying to write. Yeah. Um, listening for me. But Watch Volume 1 is one I'll just listen to for pleasure as well. All right. What's your number three? We can Ooh. alternate on this one. Um, I didn't really order these, so I'll just list them off. Uh, Ventura by Anderson. You are Pack. so bad at lists. <laughs> just, I mean, <laughs> I mean, also, I just like, can't even get my uh, head only, around not ranking things. It's preposterous. Only one of these picks. I, I, mean, I guess I probably could. Yeah, I mean, they're very different. Also, only one of these picks came out this year. These are just the top three albums that I listened. Okay, to looking, looking forward to Zeppelin by... three coming up here in a moment. <laughs> Okay, I almost included Steely Dan because <laughs> I really got into Steely Dan this year. Um, no, Ventura by Anderson Pack. I really loved his album oh. Malibu, and uh, <sighs> this new one is incredibly funky. The first song off this track, with a guest appearance by Andre Three Thousand, is just like it just gets in my chest and just like, yeah. mm, ooh, just feel it. I cannot, I cannot help. Three stacks on the radio, mm-hmm. baby. Yeah, that's a good one. I don't know what that is. That the name of the song? Three Stacks is Andre 3000's nickname. Three Stacks on the radio is a reference to uh, the little song in a Netflix sketch comedy show, I Think You Should Leave, which came out this year. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, that's the annotated guide to what I just said. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. I appreciate it. You're way more weirdly, I think, to everyone's surprise, pretty hip on your. Uh, to everyone's like, surprise. Hip, How hip, dare hip, you? Hip hop references. Poll. Yeah. Poll for this Christmas yeah. episode. Who's hipper? <laughs> No, no, not that, but just like, do you think Dave could, you know, pull out a bunch of like hip hop references just right off the top of his dome? Oh, I'd be upset if people uh, voted in the negative on that think, one. No. I would not. Um, I clearly have not done my job. For TV, though, I wouldn't include I Think You Should Leave because I think like two thirds of that show is just like fine. But about a third of those sketches would be in the top of the year because some of those sketches are incredible. I've seen it on like some best of the year type stuff and I definitely don't feel that way. Hands. But, uh, but I, I hear what you're saying. I, I have a similar reaction to it. Yeah. When it hits, it hits hard. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, Anderson Pack. If you like funk, check it out. Yes, my number two is Igor by Tyler the Creator. This is my Damn it, I forgot about that one. That's favorite uh, rap record of the year. Tyler the Creator is actually like mm. he's kind yeah. of replaced Kanye in my life as oh, the yeah, guy yeah, who's yeah. just making like fascinating album after fascinating album. So after Kanye yeah. stopped making music in 2016 with the Life of Pablo, I'm glad to have Tyler the Creator here doing it so well sweep in with flower boy yeah yeah flower boy was great Igor is i don't know that i like it as much as flower boy but it is like excellent top to bottom yeah yeah i really love it too flower boy was so interesting because i listened to it and i was like oh i just found this guy tyler the creator and like it's cool like it's kind of just like a really sweet album (laughs) all right it's very like romantic and sweet and then i looked him up and it was like tyler the creator wikipedia controversies and it's like tyler the creator's discography includes like graphic references to like rape and brutality yeah and his you know and it's like the same guy what yeah right he has I mean, he's got a he's got a rough past and a lot of questionable artistic choices in the past um, that he seems to have turned around on mostly. Um, it's certainly not coming but, through uh, in his post Flower Boy like creative output, which is just straight yeah. up good. I mean, it's just yeah, great yeah, rap, totally and it's like his it, more than anything, it's the production. He just the sensibilities that he has around how to craft tracks yeah. and and make them accessible um, or inaccessible, but with a purpose is is fascinating yep. to me. So that's an easy number two for me. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I forgot about that one. That might be up here. Um, my number two, because I'll just rate them now. <laughs> be, I think it'd be um, a pretty good gag if you were like, oh, I forgot about that one. My number two is Igor by <laughs> Tyler the Creator. <laughs> and you just lift it all uh, up. Yeah, that's my honorary number four uh-huh. here. 
Uh, number two is the Night in the Woods soundtrack from the video game Night in the Woods. Oh, interesting. A game I discovered last year, and it's probably what I listened to the most of this year. Actually, I think I know for a fact it is. Is it spooky? Because, uh, it sounds spot- spooky. Yes, it's quite spooky. No, it's just uh, it's great. It's a great soundtrack for a great game, and I love it in all situations. For it's like the love most making. calming thing. Like I listen to it is like comfort food now. No comment. Um, no comment. I think it is very good. I didn't hear what you said. I said love making. When you said I listen to it in all situations. Uh, no. Okay. I guess so not all. All, uh, all situations minus one. Okay. So almost all situations. Fair. Oh, Dave, let's, let's, let's pivot into this. What's your number one lovemaking album? My number one lovemaking album is, is the next album on my list, actually. It is Patience by, and this is going to get lewd, listeners, to cover your ears if you have children in the vehicle, Mannequin Pussy. <laughs> there is no good way <laughs> to list that on a site that your mom might read. Let me tell you that. Um, <laughs> this is an incredible, incredible rock record. I love this band. I love this album so oh, much. I don't know them. Have you listened to this? No, I don't I don't know that band. Yeah, it's just like it's kind of just Wait, like classic band? 90s indie rock. Man, man of what? Huh? What what's the band name? Man of what? <laughs> man of Kin. Um no, Mannequin, like uh like you see uh-huh. in the store, you know. Okay. And uh and a pussy cat. <laughs> right? I just want to, I just want to make you say yeah, that thanks. as often Love as I can. It. Um yeah, tough band to to say out loud. But uh Patience is their album. It's my favorite rock record of of this year, maybe a handful of years. I, I it's got so many songs on it. My favorite song of the year is off this album. It's called Drunk Two. If you listen to anything, start there. It's got that sort of like okay. I once heard. Um, I think it was a Pitchfork writer probably wrote some of the effect of like if aliens came to Earth and were like, "What is indie rock?" You'd hand them Tom Courtenoy by Yola Tango. I feel like Drunk Two could fit the bill in the same way. If the aliens yeah. came to Earth sure. and you were like, "Hey, we need a, a, a 2019's version of an indie rock song." To me, it's that mm. track. So that is my number one album of the year. I think it is absolutely excellent. Zach, what's your fave? My favorite this year, and this probably is my favorite this year, uh, is <laughs> Whack World by Tierra Whack, which came out in May 2018. That was my favorite of last year. <laughs> yeah. Was it? Yeah. 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 Um, I mean, I listened to a fair amount of like new music. I mean, what else did I like this year? FKA Twigs' new album was excellent. I could not get year. into that. Uh, um, I, I appreciate that people love it. I haven't been able to in the past, but this album... Like immediately grabbing. Anyway, Whack World is a 15 minute long, 15 track long rap record that has like just 15 one minute bite sized songs. And each one is a completely fleshed out idea that like gets in, gets out, does its thing. I love it. It's like just long enough. I feel like I'm getting so much in such a short listening period time. Listening period time. Oof, it's rum chata. Um, that I can listen to the whole thing just on my way to work. And I had like an entire album experience. Like I, when I first got into this, I was just like, you know, what? I want everyone to do this. Like no one should ever write a song that's longer than one minute again. <laughs> right. Because like it is a sign of intellect or artistic incompetence. If you can't write a complete emotional experience that lasts more than 60 seconds. Yeah, that's kind of how I felt when people were complaining about The Mandalorian not being an hour long. I was like, you fools. Oh, it's the best You part. absolute morons. God, when, I, when I saw that it was... <laughs> it should only it be like, 40 minutes max. I mean, the first episode was like 34, and I was like, oh, please. It was like, already it on my best veins. of the year at like, that point. Yeah, I'm, I'm already seeing that about The Witcher, where they're just like, yeah, it's, oh, the episodes are at least an hour, and I'm like, oh, God, never mind. I hate like, that. I, I hate that sort of like that? contractual yeah. structure that Netflix has imposed on the, oh, I mean, on that's, the world. That's the, that's so smart. Like, we're streaming. We don't need to stick to a traditional 
the episode can be literally whatever we want it to be. I don't know. So I'm trying to think anyway, of any scenarios no, where that's whack, actually Dave, good for the art. Tell me your Tirawak okay. thoughts. Tirawak? I love that album last year. Um, yeah. yeah. And that do you was know what she was, my absolute she was favorite. I'm looking forward to more from her. When she put that She's out? She's crazy young. It's an, it's, that's that insane. album bounces around. It's like It's so fun. Definitely, like Zach said, it's 15 minutes. You can, you can carve I mean, out the time to check it out if you haven't oh, already. It's so good. It's so good. All right. What other um, categories do we want to do? Books without pictures. Books without pictures. So I'm just going to rattle mine off mm. here. Uh, yeah. The yeah. books I read without pictures this year, and this is probably just about all of them, The Fifth Season by N.K. Jemisin, which oh, I read I really because she is doing Far Sector, Green Lantern book right now. Are you reading Far Sector? I haven't read it yet. I haven't read a, a single oh, page of it good. yet. I'm looking forward to it. it. Might, uh, you know, actually, I should have included that on my best comics because after two issues, it's already, already like, as there? exciting as anything else awesome. I've read. It's excellent. Awesome. Yeah. Um, the first fifteen lives of Harry August is my other one, which I've talked about on here. Of course, read that one <laughs> because you, oh of, God, which, <laughs> of House of X and House the Jonathan Hickman controversy. Yeah. And uh, uh-huh. my third book is not in any way comics related, if you can believe it. It's called The Water Knife. I read this for a book club actually at work, and it's a. Uh, have you heard of this book, The Water Knife? I had not. I don't think um, so. It's a sort of like near future reality where there's a water shortage in the West, and that sort of drives. Uh, politics and economics and everything about America and it's really really well done uh, it's a very like sort of a scary sort of real future you know just that sort of idea of like yeah w- like water scarcity is going to be a problem and this is how it would play out and of course it's it's a pretty negative uh, you know portrayal of the future hmm. of our great nation so those are my three books what do you got uh, I just got two here uh, Cersei by <laughs> Madeline Miller which I think came out in 2018, but I read it this year, uh, which is a, I guess it's fantasy, technically. It kind of feels like literary fantasy. Um, I don't know what that means. It's just good. <laughs> it's, it's not playing into like genre fantasy tropes. It's about sure. uh, Circe, the witch um, from Greek mythology of the Odyssey fame. You're talking about the Eternals? Sailors into pigs. Yes, exactly. Oh, the Eternals, right. Um, yeah. And uh, it's just an excellent book, uh, kind of a very personal drama about a very like small fry in the greek pantheon like the son of a god or the the half god daughter of i can't remember what the god is who like has barely any power and is kind of pushed off to her own little island in exile and is like this interesting point of view character because she's not quite mortal but she also is sneered at by the larger greek pantheon mostly so she's just this outside observer to everything yeah and if you have any interest in like Greek mythology, it is really fun on that level. But if you just enjoy, I don't know, like a personal drama, um, it's great for that. So yeah, highly recommended. Nice. My other uh, fave this year is a book that I haven't quite finished yet. Um, I'm like pounding through right now, and I've got about like ten percent left. So unless it really yeah, you have been chugging rum chata and drinking this book while we've been recording, which I have to say is fairly just tearing impressive. up pages. I cannot read when I in, drink. Yeah. It is it just goes poorly it you know it always seems like oh like i've got a moment i'm gonna kick back have a beer and read a comic i can't read comics when i'm drinking who am i kidding no you know no, i can't no. remember a thing. Immediately, immediately fall asleep yeah. especially with yeah non-picture books as we call them um so yeah i love this book and i, I hope to finish it by today and i wasn't able to but uh an american marriage by tayari jones which i did think actually came out this year is this the one um, starring adam driver no that's a marriage story mm, an american this marriage is, story yeah um, and this is, it was an Oprah book club pick. Um, and it is, uh, it's just a, it's a view of 
the contemporary marriage in Atlanta, Georgia, between two African-American people, which I mentioned just because it is kind of strongly a book about black Americans. Um, every character in it basically is black. Um, and uh, it's just this like like really great literature. It feels totally specific of its time and place while also being like universal to the human experience. Yeah. Like these are lives that I am not that familiar with personally and don't have as much personal context for but also the things that they're going through are um still resonate really deeply with me um i don't cry during books very often i think this book has made me cry about three times i've teared up reading this book it is just like heartbreaking um in a way that never feels contrived and uh yeah i'm really i'm really loving it so that's an american marriage very cool. Very cool. Um, Should we do podcast to, uh, chose... to wrap things up? No, no, no. Let's go right down to the list. Uh, next category what list are you, you chose off was of? Sons. The ones that you sent me. You sent me a list of what we should cover. Well, what? Tell me what else is on it. Sons. Sons. All right. Clearly was meant to be covered, and not a joke. Um, yes, my. Son... Oh, I mean, I wrote. I wrote out my list. So. Okay. Well, my Sorry, ranking I of Sons. My, I my... would. I. I said this Purple. year, uh, Scott Free Busing entered the mm-hmm. the scene as son number two. And he and uh, actually worked his way up to move into a tie with Von Doom Busing. So I've got a tie at number one <laughs> between Scott Free and Von Doom, and they are both my amazing sons. Zach, who are your top sons this year? Uh, my top sons this year are Eric and Donald Jr. Eric and sons. Donald Jr. are your two sons, and they yeah. are... My, my two uh, large adult sons. Now, oh, so you adopted them. Yes. I mean, they don't know. I'm there. I well, just, you can adopt someone without them knowing. Yeah, these boys need straightening out because they they're getting into all kinds of trouble. Well, let me tell you, good for, luck, good luck. You yeah, got your work cut out yeah. for you for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Donald, uh, Donald Junior. Especially is just he's having a, a a rough 2019. He's he's off the wall, drinking drinking mugs full of liberal tears. He's uh he's gonna get sick from all those tears. You can't just drink a mug full of tears. I honestly, I I feel like the electrolytes in there they might actually be good for you. I've never tried. Maybe I maybe I need to get more tears in my diet. Let's I go down know. to sports team. My number one sports team of the year, Minnesota Twins, baby. Really? Is that just Hell like yeah. a random pick, or are you a Twins fan? Uh, when I was like six years old, I collected baseball cards despite not caring or knowing anything about baseball, uh-huh. and I decided at the age of six that my favorite baseball team is the Minnesota Twins. And I'm just sticking with it. That's awesome. Okay. Love it. Maybe. And the Green Bay Packers. Green Bay Packers and Minnesota Twins. Oh, like a knife. A knife to my heart. Uh, okay. Yeah. My, my top sports team this year is Hopelessness. Not sure if you know them. They're called the Chicago Hopelessness. And uh, <laughs> that is my favorite team this year because my number two is the Cubs. And that is not a good thing for the rest of my faves. Ugh, tell me about it, brother. Cubs. Oof. Yeah, tell me about it. Yeah, it goes Cubs, Bears, Bulls, and then hockey? Uh, question mark Because I'm not a big hockey man, guy. Man, rough, rough year for all those sports teams. It, you know, and they're and they're different sports that they play. You're 100 percent right. All right, Ugh. podcasts. Let's wrap this baby up. What all right, are number your one. Podcasts? Let's start with number one. It's my marvelous year. That's funny. That's my number five. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even kidding. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know what? Like, I have listened to our podcast a fair amount this year. Um, you know, I, I don't listen to every episode now. I feel confident enough in the show that I can just put them out without having to listen. But once in a while, I listen and I do kind of genuinely enjoy. You know, uh, I used to listen to all of them and then took a long break. I'm kind of curious to go back to the beginning of the year because I know like we've made huge 
leaps in like quality confidence specifically with me i think like things are a lot better just because i mean you and i have become friends and kind of gotten a dynamic going that i think is a lot more i don't know natural and flows better mm-hmm. um i'm curious to go back to like 63 see how we sound in comparison because i mean the mic quality isn't as good but uh i wonder i don't know i'm, I'm somewhat dreading thinking about going back yeah that sounds kind of torturous to me yeah um but it might be okay. I don't know. I bet it's fine. Um, but like, sir, I, I think know, I would what? say like they get better as we go, which is oh yeah. No, expect. I think it's before the late sixties before I felt totally like all right. We really, we really hit our stride here. My goal is to be um, actually you know, good by the time we get to uh, nineteen ninety eight <laughs> when we get to the modern Marvel. <laughs> I think I I would say we're mostly there. Besides the last variant cover, notwithstanding, the last variant cover um, was fine. I was right all along. No, yeah, it was pretty. It was scammed me into recording again. Uh, speaking of which, let's talk about this on the air. If I go back and listen to the early episodes of My Marvelous Year, and they're like they're not that good, let's just re-record them all. Oh let's goodness. just do a whole nother recording for the. I'm 60s. hanging up for into that? the rest of 2020. <laughs> all right, um, my favorite podcast oh, of the year yeah, yeah, is please. the Teachers Lounge. Have you ever listened? Oh yeah, I saw you list this. I don't know what this is. You saw me? Oh yeah, yeah. I probably put it up on. Did you put this out on your? Yeah, the teachers. Yeah, you basically (laughs) sent me what you're doing. Yeah, I forgot. uh, Forgot to put that out. It was my, um, or it was like Earwolf. No, Stitcher exclusive. Maybe the same two things. Uh, For a while, which I sort of backed into because um, I had a Stitcher Premium account for like I was trying to listen to Wolverine: The Longest Night as it was coming out, and uh, Mm -hmm. I found this podcast. It's an improv group, Big Grande. And they basically do this thing where they are teachers at a high school is where it begins and shenanigans flow from there. So it's just like improv comedy as they deal with the issues of being high school teachers and and lots, lots more. That is the boring explanation. You should listen to it. It is straight up the funniest podcast I've ever listened to. It is. Wait, do you have to have a Stitcher sub? No, not anymore. So the the new season, which is I think season nine on Spotify, you can just listen to now. The, I think you. Can, okay, I don't know cool. that you can listen to like all the previous seasons, which are highly recommended. But you can at least listen yeah. to the newest season for free, and uh, I would recommend everybody do so. It is if you in any way in, enjoy uh, our sense of humor on here. Um, thank you for placating us. The teachers' lounge are actually funny, and it's amazing. I, I love it. Love it. Love well, it. Love I don't know it. what check you mean out. by that. Uh, yeah, no, I'll check it out. We have a couple teachers in the Slack, actually, high school teachers, so we'll, we'll find that enjoyable. Um, let's see. I only have three. Well, no, I'll, I'll tack in a fourth. I, I just remembered a fourth. Uh, Neo Scum is probably my favorite real play, like, tabletop RPG podcast at the moment. It's a Shadowrun podcast with a bunch of Chicago improvisers. Say Shadowrun? Yeah, do you know Shadowrun? Is that a network or something? Oh, you no. You make it sound like, like they're doing it from the shadows, and that sounds amazing. So, no, so Shadowrun is a tabletop setting. Mm-hmm. That is, oh God, the, the, I mean, it's a disgusting comparison because it, it's terrible, but bright. The Netflix show or the Netflix movie with Will Smith. Yeah, I know of it. Yeah. So it, Shadowrun is like a cyberpunk future <laughs> thing, but with magic and orcs and elves and sure, etc. It's like D&D smashed into cyberpunk. Okay. Um, so it's like, you know, hackers and body augmenting etc but mixed with uh like it's very american based too so like all the magic has um is tied in with like indigenous myth stuff um yeah it's really fun this podcast is excellent uh it's really really funny it's really goofy and kind of off the wall uh they god uh i can't even say some of the characters names without uh 
bleeping it, I guess. Yeah. So anyway, so, some of so these characters are going to be gross. Oh, same. I should give that yeah, warning no, it, oh. for the teacher's lounge as well. It is very uh, NSFW. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I think everything I'm listing here is going to be Yeah. So some of these character names, you've got Dak Rambo, uh, Squirt Purpler, and Ronin Cumjumper are some of the, the characters. Oh, yeah. On well, this those show. are safe. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, they, uh, it's, it's very, very funny. Um, yeah. If you like a little bit of anarchy in your tabletop role playing, check it out. Oh, okay. Is that their slogan or something you just said? That sounds like no, it could be their I slogan. Did it off the dome. Dang, man. Dang. All right. My number two podcast this year is The Watch. This is one that I've listened to since way back in their Grantland days. <laughs> this is like a TV, movies, entertainment podcast. Hosts Chris and Andy. They're writers for Grantland back then and are writers for The Ringer now. Um, this is like my go-to for just entertainment, review, analysis, uh, camaraderie. It is mm. has been excellent, mm-hmm. continues to be excellent. They had an interview with Damon Lindelof recently talking about Watchmen. That was great, as usual. Uh, if you have not ever listened to The Watch, it's like... And they actually talk about like MCU and, and kind of Star Wars and comics-adjacent content. Um, the host, Andy, is, is very funny and very smart, but is clearly like a very... Uh, self-shaming comics fan, which I always find interesting. <laughs> like when you, you yeah, know, when you listen sure. to hosts enough, you get a feel for like kind of like just who they are, I guess. Like obviously people probably that listen to us regularly get that. But with him, it's like, it always no, bugs no me. I'm like, me. just be confident in enjoying your comics, man. It's uh, it's funny because I, you know, it's like I see a lot of that. But anywho, the watch is good. <laughs> Did you see someone today was like making fun of me for being a downer on stuff? Yeah, right. Which, like, it's kind of your brand. I'm, yeah, which I bristle out a little bit i love lots of stuff okay guys um but then someone else in the slack was like quoted me and was like to be clear i don't hate it (laughs) which is like is uh fairly something that i say a lot but that's because i'm catchphrase yeah well i mean that's just because everyone gets i just say that i don't like a comic and everyone's like blasphemy no no one i don't think anyone is like that you're like expecting Um, that backlash but no one actually feels that way well, no, you don't hang out in the Slack as much as I do. Well, that's an understatement. Um, but no, it did. That act, that joke was very funny uh, from somebody, but it did make me realize <laughs> I should stop like equivocating on my opinions and just uh, burn all your favorites to the ground, nerds. <laughs> yep, that's you. All right, what's your other podcast? Uh, Citations Needed. It is a podcast, a kind of a politics podcast that covers more broad topics than like specific things that are going on today. Um, I think their catchphrase is it's about media power, propaganda, and bullshit, something like that. Okay. Um, and it's specifically focused on the ways that media quietly pushes messages. Um, let's see what they had. They had a really interesting episode the other day about um, forensic psychology on TV dramas and the way that those have impacted the prosecutor work. Um, and lead to lots of wrongful convictions by people because they're very convincing that this is good, okay science when it is not, and this is good, sexy science in the way that like prosecution teams have used that to their advantage okay. to secure uh, convictions without the proper legwork. It's something very often on the show. I'm not always convinced by them, but very often on the show, I see the topic they're talking about, and I kind of roll my eyes thinking like, okay, well... Really? You can you think you're gonna convince me of that? Yeah. And then they totally convinced me. Like there was an episode on vegetarianism in the way like I'm mostly a vegetarian and they had an episode and it started out with a guest um a little guest clip and it was talking about how they're gonna tie media's portrayal of vegetarians in with like the patriarchy. And I was like, 
okay all right yeah please try to do that yeah and then by the end i was like damn all right i guess so like that kind of makes sense um they're very smart and uh, it's a very entertaining interesting podcast okay so citations needed okay good pick um my next podcast uh my final one i could do something similar uh it, it's a show called reveal which kind of is just like investigative journalism actually uh sure. and it just yeah, yeah. digs into a variety of subjects the the one that brought me in was an episode talking about kind of like uh, it wasn't deliberately this but it was kind of like the comics gate you know thing and just like um kind of like what's the word uh raging fandom essentially in the comics industry and sure. how that sort of tied to um you know big picture things that are happening in politics and it brought in like Chelsea Kane as our writer at the time this was prior to her kind of controversial blow up um yeah. later in the yeah. year but anyway i've since kept listening and they continue to do a lot of just like fascinating investigative journalism uh one i listened to recently was talking about like conditions in amazon factories and what the workers are dealing yeah, with. yeah i just and, saw that yeah. you know just like actually talking to people who are working in these what it's like and it's it's frequently eye-opening um it is frequently stuff that is like tough to hear they did an episode about um migrants detained at the border that is it's heart-wrenching i thought um and you know it's obviously like that is a politically divisive issue but they cut through that they're not a political podcast even though i guess you could feel that way if you if you're so inclined um but it's investigative journalism done right and it's it's very very good so check out reveal if you're interested in that sort of thing in the light of movements such as comics gate dave do you agree or disagree with this statement fans should be shamed and push back into their basements like I, so the glory days of like the 80s yeah when you should be ashamed to be a fan of nerd properties because i kind of like am lusting for those days yeah again, where like it's embarrassing to be a fan of something because yeah yeah god like how have, have the tables turned and fans feel like the most entitlement that's ever ever been like it's funny how how much i agree with that um, general <laughs> I, question. I know. I was, honestly, I was trying to bait you to like something that you generally agree with, but you'd hate the way I'd say. Yeah, it. yeah. No, I, I guess, know. I guess this still strikes you as, as enough to. Uh, no, it's just like <laughs> I just that. I've I don't like fandoms, and I never really have. Yeah. It's always yeah, a thing yeah, yeah. that ha- I guess part of it is because I've never really felt like I fit in to one. You know, like I've never really had a group of like these are my ten comics friends. Like, that's just not a life experience I've had or something. Sure. So fandom, yeah. the way I've seen it growing up and, like, getting into comics, you know, kind of later in life, is always, like, a kind of like a parasocial thing or, like, a digital thing exclusively where it's just, like, yeah, we are sure. all together on Twitter or whatever in our united, often enraged fandom. Um, I, I think loving things is great. I think having passion for things is great. I am a huge comic book fan. At the end of the day, but opening your mouth about those things. No, it's not that you can't. I mean, except, it's not that you can't no, say anything. For, it's the it's the fandom as an podcast. angry, weaponized like force that it just makes it super unappealing to me. Um, sure. I I and like there's just so many negative connotations. The negatives far outweigh the positives. I guess. Yeah, even though, even though probably the well, reality no, I mean, is like if you go to a comic con. You know, and just yeah. being able to hang out in a space that is 95% people who just love this stuff, you know, who just dig it. That's an amazing thing. That's a good, cool thing that should exist. Yeah. So it is one of those things where it's like, well, should the the really awful people ruin it for the rest of us? I, well, I, I mean, just don't you know, know if there's you know any walking the, it back. 
the core of the issue is that I love this thing. Just a second. My neighbor's scraping something along the floor right above me. Oh my gosh, I can hear that. Who is it? Who did they kill? I have no idea. It sounds like they're just dragging something back and forth. Don't know what it is. This is terrifying. Wait, you have a you have a upstairs neighbor? Yeah. In your house? Most people call them like roommates or partners. No, there's like an apartment above my apartment. Oh my gosh. Yeah, there's several there's someone in the house with um, Zach. I mean, the issue with fans is that like I have there's a thing I like, I become a fan of it, and then it continues, and it is not the thing that I want it to keep being. Whether the quality drops or it just morphs from the thing that I liked or thought it should be, yeah, my preconceived notion of what it should be, and now I'm upset about that. Yeah, which is like you never get to be upset about that. All you can do is be disappointed and then move on with your life and think that I, at least I still have the original thing I love. Yeah. And that's like the beginning and the end of it. Like, I, this is not the X-Men comic I like anymore. I am not reading X-Men anymore. The end. Right. Not it has to morph to suit me anymore. You know, like, I mean, that that is the, the core problem <laughs> with, with fans. Anyway, how do we get on this? You, you, you got very serious this? and just dropped yeah. an extremely serious question. At the end of our 2019 thing. No, I think that's like, I think it actually reflects kind of a legacy of the decade. Obviously, everybody's doing best of the decade stuff. What the decade represents, a legacy of this decade to me is like the sort of the power of fandom, but the fact that it's not at all what we thought it was going to be. Like this democratization of, of fandom to the point that like fans could get online and so protest Spider Man's exclusion from the MCU that he'd get brought back. And if you if you said that 10 years ago, I feel like a lot of people would be like, that's great. That's really good that the people have spoken. But then you get really bad faith actors exploiting that to get James Gunn fired, you know? Sure. Like, sure. And cl- clearly a politically motivated attack by a small group of people to get, like, you know, someone that they disagree with politically fired. Yeah. For something. Yeah. You know, and but also the fact that these corporations don't know how to deal with it and they just panic and like they did fire <laughs> I love Disney fires him and then DC's like, well, okay, well we'll take him and Disney's like, Oh, no one got upset. I guess we'll just hire him again. <laughs> like Right. Right. You know, because he, he got a job at DC and there were no shockwaves. Yeah. Right. And then No, and then they're like, like We'll oh. hire him back again, and guess what? Our stock's not going to be impacted in any meaningful way. Right. Yeah. Actually it's, it's gonna yeah, be impacted positively. Like Twitter is not real life. Anyway, uh, my third podcast, watch out for fireballs. We already had Gary Butterfield on the show, but it is still one of the podcasts I listen to most regularly. If you like video games, they're a video game book club Mm -hmm. and they do excellent work. They're funny. They're uh, insightful. And they're like, they've been on for like seven years now, I think. And they are doing the best work they've ever done, covering the most interesting games they've ever done. I regularly play games just to keep up with the show like yeah. they announce a month or two out and I hear that they're playing a game that sounds interesting that I've discovered tons of games through them um, great stuff yeah check them out alright cool those are our picks for 2019 Ooh, wait, favorites we didn't do video games I do I just oh yeah you do have video, video games. games I don't think I played a single yeah, yeah. video game this year so hit me oh really you didn't play oh Spider-Man that came out last year but people have been mentioning Spider-Man as a 2019 game does that count at all no, I think it's 2018. When did that it was come like out? Of the year 2018. That was like November was like... 2018. I feel like yeah, I, I had beaten so. it by yeah. the time we got to this year. Um, I yeah. did play it a lot at the early, at the start of the year, cause like the DLC and stuff. But yeah, yeah that game's awesome. So uh, sure, that's my pick. My favorite favorite games this year: Outer Wilds is this like incredible space exploration game that 
is just hard to describe. Um, it's just, uh, it lets you explore this small little solar system and there's a really fun little twist to it that I won't give away. Mm -hmm. But if you like games that allow you tons of freedom and just give you the like ability to explore and feel like you're not being led by the nose down a path, this is your game. Like so many amazing moments. I I'm not done with it yet because I'm just savoring it. Yeah. Like I know it's only like 12 hours long and I'm just like trying to savor it as long as possible. Uh, Sekiro, the new game from FromSoft, the Dark Souls, Bloodborne people. I have some issues with the difficulty, but overall, I really loved it. Does that and, mean it's uh, not hard another... enough for you? Are you one of those? No, it's too, it, it's too like I I thought it was fine, but it has difficulty. It's too difficult uh, to the exclusion of a lot of people who want to play it. Like, like I I could barely get through the it. tutorial of Dark Souls three. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That, that was not fun. FromSoft for me. has had this problem where they're like just upping the difficulty over and over and it would be no skin off of their back to include a difficulty slider, right? Like just turn all the numbers down a little bit. You do more damage. The enemies do. That less is so damage. ballsy to just not even have it one, is, right? but it's also, it, it's obnoxious. Like, Oh yeah. There's just a lot of, yeah. I mean, that's why yeah. I'm not playing. So there's games. no, I, and you know, like I wouldn't turn it down. I love the difficulty of these games. I've beaten all of them sure. basically. Sure. Uh, and I like it, but there's no reason that like it, it is, it is the worst gamer take of 2019 to be like, Hmm you didn't earn your victory like if the difficulty was adjusted and it's like shut up like let everyone do what they want to do yeah there's no reason not yeah. to uh resident evil 2 the remake of that was incredible hmm. as someone who like doesn't care about resident evil that game has made me like capcom lately has just killed it with resident evil they're remaking three it's coming out in a few months i couldn't be more excited huh. that game is so scary and like I've never felt more like pursued in a video game <laughs> than by that. Yeah. Like the feeling of just being chased by something. Uh, and then Obra Dinn is an investigation game. It's this mystery game where you solve the deaths of an entire crew of a ship using like um, deductive reasoning. And that is so much fun. And right now my wife and I are playing Until Dawn, which is another horror game. And it's kind of like a old cheesy 80s horror movie mm -hmm. that you just make a lot of decisions it's got like it it's kind of like a telltale game if you're familiar with those yeah i played the, it's just uh, got the lots... batman one yeah exactly it's i this company i think is like the true successor <laughs> to telltale which has become really stale in the past few years yeah i mean they just closed and now are maybe reopening but um yeah until dawn is excellent and i can't wait to play their next games okay excellent i've been those playing yakuza kiwami uh, your play this game? Oh, yeah. I, I, I just got that in my, a Humble Bundle. I just like got that this month. I haven't played a Yakuza game, and I kind of want to jump into that series. It's my it first one really fun. that I'd ever played. Yeah. And I got to tell you, it took a probably... It, most games have a, a period where I'm like, am I really going to buy into this? Um, I bought into it. It's a lot of fun to play, but more importantly, it's just like they make you sit and watch a really good story, and that can sure, feel kind of yeah. weird and annoying in a video game, but it's so good that I don't care. Uh, so I've been enjoying yeah. that game. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. And you know what? Like, there's five of them, and people just keep liking them and thinking that they're, like, are getting better and more innovative with each one. So, like, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to jump into that series. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think that's it for our end of the year. Um, now, Zach. Merry Christmas, Dave. Who are you voting for in 2020? What's your take on the Democratic debate last night? JK, okay. no, so, I'm not just going to drop a serious question on you, like you did about fandom on me. Oh, I mean, I'm not embarrassed to say. I know you're not. Bloomberg boy all the Bloom, way. Bloom, you're such a Bloomberg guy. I love it. I mean, God, I can't. 
I've been pouring money into his campaign. That's right. Ever since he announced. A lot of people like don't realize this, but my marvelous year, <laughs> we are huge corporate sponsors of political candidates. <laughs> we, their, most of their yeah, money yeah, comes from us. Sorry, all your Patreon dollars are going into the uh, the Bloomberg Pack that we formed. Yeah, yeah. Our vast fortune is going it's into a superhero uh, swaying pack. lobbyists. Huh? Superhero yeah, pack? Superhero is that pack? the joke? No, super pack is a thing. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. That works. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, nice job. Sorry, everybody. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening to me. Have a cold and flu. Thanks for listening to Zach. Uh, be a downer. And no, JK, you weren't a downer this episode. You were high on rum chata. It, it was great. Have you ever had rum chata before? Uh, technically, I yes. Ha- my wife was into it. My wife had a rum chata phase, I think. <laughs> and, then she, and then she dried out. She grew, yeah, she grew out of it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I never had it before like this week, but I got it for some like hot chocolate recipe. And I was like, all right, I'll figure out what that is, sure. I guess. But it's very good. Yeah. Is that the one that tastes like cinnamon toast crunch? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's, got, it's very, yeah. It's like milk and cinnamon. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. We'll see you in 2020 with more My yeah, Marvelous Yeah, happy Year holidays, content. everybody. Happy holidays, everybody. Thanks, as always, for being a listener and supporter of My Marvelous Year. Music for the show is by Disaster Peace. Support for the show can be found on patreon.com slash year, where you also find the reading lists of all the comics we're going to be talking about. Yeah, and, of yeah, course, yeah. our next episodes will be... All comics, all the time. None of this other media stuff. We tried. Yeah, to yeah. This today. was this was our let's fill some space before Christmas because no one wants to listen over Christmas. So this is this is for true fans only. True fans only. We got to start leading more episodes like that. I feel like that's a that's a hook. You know. <laughs> listen up. If you're not a true fan, turn this podcast off right now. Throw it in the river. Yeah, love it. You right. don't deserve put to that up to front. This. That's a good intro. Um. Oh, I just want to mention. Uh. The first of January, my ultimate year, episode two will be coming out. I think that's a good one. Talk about actually, I enjoyed doing. Yeah, that it's one. fun. We talk about Ultimate X Men by Mark Millar, which Miller, not Millar, um, which I liked, and uh, Iron Man, both series one and two, which are sometimes boring but sometimes fascinatingly weird. You know, I thought of that reading. last night because uh, J.K. Rowling had a big Twitter controversy yeah, because she, yeah. I guess, is kind of like making some transphobic statements. And uh, I saw this oh, yeah, joke yeah. that was basically like a millennial in a bar says, man, J.K. Rowling, this is tough for me. And then a Gen Xer in a bar says, do you know how much I loved Ender's Game when I was 13? <laughs> Slams the mug on the table. <laughs> Made me think of Very good old true. Orson Scott yeah. and Iron Man. Yeah, those are fun conversations uh, for the Ultimate Universe. Yes, agreed. Yeah, check it out on Patreon.com. Alrighty. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And as always, we'll see you next year. Oh, wait. Like literally though, right? Because isn't this coming out? <laughs> no, never. No, no, no. We have one more I'm episode. So excited by that. Forget it. Forget it. See you next year. Bye. Bye.